This is URN Sport. University Radio Nottingham, that's a good station as well. URN, let them do a go well to finish, please. Can you stop editing the go well, please, at the end of their show? Cheers. Go well. Keep it URN. Keep it URN. Keep it URN. This. This. Is URN. Hello and welcome to the only cricket podcast that went to Lords on Saturday. What a week it's been for Toby Reynolds. He's been working with the 100, not for, with the 100. And Johnny Bairstow has crashed back to his usual form. Off air, he just said, it's nice to be home. Johnny <laughs> bowled through the gate. Toby, how are you, mate? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Obviously disappointed with the result, but, um, but yeah, fairly, fairly chilled, relaxed. Yeah, not doing much. You went on the UON Surf Society. We'll give them a bit of a plug. They went on that holiday to Portugal, was it? Uh, no, South France, Molier, so near, near Biritz. And you brought back that sort of surfer feel, I'm going to say. Yeah, got, you know, long hair down to my waist. Just chill, you know, relaxed. You've become Argyle from Stranger Things now. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, it's been a disappointing week for England, to say the least. How many sessions was it? Six sessions. We lost a test match to a rampant South Africa side. 165 all out for England, followed by 3-2-6 all out by South Africa. And then South Africa won by 12 runs. And in innings, England fell short on 149 all out. Where do you want to start with this, Toby? Should we start with the positives on Pope? Because I know you're a big Pope advocate. Um, Yeah. Very very Catholic of you. Um, But yeah. Pope was the only only person to get above 20 in the first innings. What was your thoughts on Ollie Pope at Lords? I was really impressed. Um, I sort of woke up and saw we were a, f- a few down already, and I was like, oh, not, not good, not good, standard. Um, and and I, I kind of just assumed we would just crumble. And I, I thought the way Pope batted was really mature, um, looked really nice the whole time. Sort of kept the strike rate up as well, which I think... Without that, we would have been bowled out for weight. I mean, there were times under Root's captaincy. I don't think it's his fault at all. But um, but when we were just batting, sort of a, a normal test level, sort of strike rate 45, 50, whatever it was, and we'd therefore have been bowled out for, for way less, we'd have... I mean, we. I'd say majority of the batsmen got good balls. I mean, Lee yeah. sort of had a bit of an interesting shot. Crawley nicking off like Crawley does, kind of expected now. Um, and, and sort of, yeah, everyone else got sort of fairly decent balls, which you're going to get in test cricket sometimes, particularly at Lords, where it's overcast, it's struggled to bat. The bowlers are always going to be dominant. I mean, we've seen times when England have, have bowled out teams for under under 100 many times at, at Lords. I mean, I think India, we've we've bowled out pretty pretty cheaply. Ireland, obviously, quite a big one with Broad and Wokes taking 10, 10 between them. Um, and I think it's one of those you kind of have to accept sometimes you're going to get get good balls and you're going to have to get out. And I think that's why scoring at a rate that Pope did um, is is very impressive. And it's it helped England get to a much higher total than we definitely could have been. And there's then more the second innings where it's it should have been easier and it, and it wasn't. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, Rabada took five wickets off 19 overs for 52 runs at an economy of 2.74. He was, I thought, the standout bowler in that, obviously taking a five for, of course, he's going to be the standout. He just looked proper, proper quick, proper organised. And it, I felt it was the maturing of an athlete. When he came over, I think a few years ago, you thought that's raw talent right there. But he looks so mature, so 
I'm not sure what the word is, but he's the refined. He's refined now. I think I'm going to say, how good were South Africa bowling? Would you say? Oh, fantastic! I mean, I think we talked about it a little bit in the in the sort of preview that they're a bit in a situation where England were a few years ago, where their bowling attack is world class. I mean, they've got absolutely everything sorted with their sort of four man seam attack and their Maras. You've got left armour from Jansen. You've got Rabada, who is just world class. Said there, and Gidi seems a bit more sort of economical, and Nokia is just. Just rapid. Like he is, he's he's going to be the one who will blow through it. Like if if Rabada and, and Gidi don't get anything up top, you're still going to be struggling when you've got Nokia bowling 95 mile an hour coming in first change. Who are so a bit like Mark Woods um, for England, who we definitely could have used in this test. Um, like he just blows through the, the tail when you need it. He'll he'll get sort of the just bowl an unbelievable that ball he bowled to Johnny Bairstow. I mean, I was vaguely joking around that it was back to Bairstow's old way with a big booming drive early on. But it was it was a, a really good ball still, and a ninety three mile an hour, ninety four mile an hour is going to be tough for anyone to face. And obviously, Bester wanted to try and hit back um, as soon as he can, as sort of counter attacking way. And it, it's not going to work every time, which is which I think everyone realizes. And I'll just make sure to bring it up every time he does fail. Yes, because we brought it up every time he scored an amazing century. Um, Nokia um, got six wickets in the game, a nice handy twenty eight at the end of the tail and. Being able to not dismiss the tail, I don't know if it went on for everyone as it did for me, but it just felt that was where South Africa truly made it difficult for England. Those extra runs down the tail, Maharaj getting 41, Norkia getting 28. It just built that extra little bit of detail for South Africa's innings. But we've talked about how good the South Africa bowling was. We looked at the positive of Pope. Some of the batting, though, for England, Lees 5, Crawley 9, Root 8, Bairstow, Nort, Stokes, 20, Folks, 6, Broad, 15, Potts, 6, Anderson, Nort. A lot of single-figure scores, Toby. But we accept this is basball. We've gone down this route and it's worked magnificently against New Zealand. Were you a little bit disappointed that... I did, and this is going to sound so arrogant as an England fan. Were you sort of going, this is all part of the plan? Yeah, it's the second innings we're all here for. And it did, obviously didn't pay off. But do you think it was just good balls or do you think the batting has a little way to improve? Probably a bit of both. I mean, I don't think necessarily the batting needs to improve. I think it's just some of the time it's not going to work. Mm. Um, we're going to get good balls. They're going to try and over-attack, which I think Stokes in particular has sort of fallen foul to most often. Mm. Um, sort of not quite getting to the high heights of, of some of the other batsmen, particularly, well, namely Johnny Best, though. Um <laughs> Unfortunately to say. Um, and I think, yeah, it's just not going to work sometimes. I think, I think, well, before the beginning of the test, I think everyone really knew that it's likely we're going to fail in at least one of them. We're going to have a classic England's um, sort of failure and everyone's going to, no one's going to score runs and we're going to get bowled out for barely anything. I think people expected it. But what maybe we didn't realise is it was going to happen two in a row, sort of two innings in a game. Um, and I think that's really where, they don't need to reassess. I don't think they will reassess. I think, I think they're going to stick with the guns. I think they should because it has worked. Four from four, winning four out of five is still way better than anything I've done in God knows how long. Um, yeah. Probably back since England invented cricket and we're playing the yeah. sides. Um, but but it's. I mean, it's going to keep. They're going to keep going. I think it'll keep working as long as they sort of keep selecting the the right players. I mean, you got Zach Crawley. He's going to be the. The big discussion point, I'm sure, with most people, he's it almost seems cruel to him now, really, 
Like, he doesn't seem like he's going to score runs in any format. His first-class average is below 30. His test averages, I think I saw 22 or something like that. And only two players in the whole of test cricket have played more than him and average less as, as opening batsman or as sort of specific batsman. Um, yeah. So, it'd be, I mean, he's really doesn't seem like he's bringing much. I mean, he's he's a slip catcher, I guess. That's, that's it. He takes his catches. Great on the bus to the game. But I do see what you mean. Uh, Baz has obviously come out and supported uh, Crawley, saying he's going to be in our team plan for the rest of the summer. So I think it is good coaching. With only four more opportunities for him to bat, it does seem a little bit pointless to just take him out when you might as well try and hone in this talent. And I'm glad we're not going for that 90s. Right, you haven't scored 102 games, you're gone. Because he did show a lot of promise at Edgbaston, in my opinion. And it's just... Like every other batsman, he's just failed to face a good bowling lineup. So we're going to go to Old Trafford next. But if Crawley does go, does leave England again for the one millionth time, requiring an opener, he won't be he won't be changed for Old Trafford. Can you see anyone else inhabiting that opening spot for the final test of the summer at the Oval, Toby? I think it's a really tough one. Um... I I mean, Rory Burns seems like the obvious candidate to me, and that is pure my sorry bias. And that one's for you, Tom Reynolds. <laughs> um, but I don't think that Bat, that Brendan McCullum will go for him. I don't think Stokes will go for him. He sort of had his time, and I I think he, he was harshly treated. He averaged over 30, which is significantly higher than, well, than Zach Crawley, but than yeah. pretty much everyone else who's opened the batting for England. Um, I'd quite like to see Ben Duckett if that's not the case. Um, he's averaging 70, I think, in the county championship this year. Got got quite a good first-class record. Obviously opened the batting, I think it was a few years ago, for England to the 2015 time um, on, a to- on the tours to what, India and Bangladesh, I think, um, and kind of became Ashwin's bunny, which was a bit tough. But he's he's obviously improved since then. I think he was harshly done by, got didn't really get much of a chance um, and then just came up against the world's best spinner. Yeah, I think Duckett could definitely get a get a chance back in the side. I, I kind of like to see it. He, he n- normally batted at three, which might be the one problem. But I mean, Pope's normally batted at five or six and batting at three. So I see no reason why Duckett can't move up one place um, and, and open the batting. Um, particularly for Pakistan, looking forward to. I mean, he's he's a fantastic player of spin, Ben Duckett. But I mean, there's only one way to find out. Um, I, I think one interesting thing as well. I think. Alex Lees has has been very lucky here. He's still only averaging 25 in the uh, in Test match cricket, and obviously some of those are in the West Indies where he he struggled a bit more than the most of the other batsmen. And he's just coming into Test cricket without Zach Crawley being so dire almost for the last few weeks, few months. I think Alex Lees will be under a lot more pressure than than he has been. And, and I think he should be under more pressure. He's, he's not averaging anywhere near as high as he should be. He's had a few good innings, which I think has been great, but he's getting nowhere near these hundreds. He's getting a lot of starts and then getting out, which is which is fine. But he really does need to start pushing on and and sort of showing the promise he has shown in sort of certain situations. Obviously getting, I think, a run out for 50. He's got a 62, which would be nice. Quite a few sort of 30s, 40s. Um, as as in this last game, but he really does need to crack on and sort of solidify himself. Otherwise, I personally think he should be under a bit more pressure than than he has been. 
Yeah, I totally agree. It's, it's a very exciting time for English cricket. There seems to be a lot of progression throughout the squad and that issue of finding an opener, finding a middle-order batsman. It feels like we're getting somewhere for the first time in a while. I'm not sure how you feel about this, but I feel that maybe from 2015, maybe even 2014 to about 2021, it just felt like we were chopping and changing, chopping and changing. Everyone, everyone would have a summer and it didn't really feel like we're getting somewhere. But hopefully Baz will have a chance to rectify these issues. And this is going to probably be his first proper test as a coach of a player. Um, one test left after the old Traff test, that's at the Kia Oval. Toby, you predicted 2-1. Still confident with that result? Fairly, yeah. Um, I think I said at the time, it's it's a bit, depending on how, obviously how England bat, and that's obviously half of the, of the game, so it's a bit of a cop-out saying that. But I think England can definitely pull it back. If they play like they played in the first two, um, the first two series of the summer, I guess, the first four matches, they've definitely got as, as big an opportunity as as anyone really um, and I think they've they've got a good side if they start smashing the ball around they'll do well but as has been said I think South Africa could could easily run away with it as well I, mean, I think I underestimated how how good South Africa would be and they've obviously only scored what 3-2-6 which is a very good test match score but mm. it perhaps does show the fragilities of their batting and, and maybe on, on the other side of things it's shown the fragility of England's bowling we've always sort of said how good, particularly under root, how good England's bowling was. You got Brody and Jimmy, obviously fantastic. But then unearthing the sort of younger talents of Robinson and Potts since, and and then obviously missing the, the big ones of Mark Woods and Joffre Archer, who I think really would have helped England's sort of bowling attack a bit more around, a bit more pace, which I think was shown by South Africa, Nokia and Rabada in particular. Um, not, not, I mean, Nokia in particular, I should yeah. say. I mean, so quick and, and so aggressive. Um, he's always going to having that kind of pace is always going to help and just unsettle and an, a batting lineup. Yeah, totally agree. Is there anyone? Is there any one player you'd change for the next game, or is it just keep to the same like like uh, Baz has suggested? I think they'll stay to the same. Ollie Robinson's really the only the only option for me. You might think about bringing in. I don't know who for specifically. I mean, all of the sort of well, they only have one innings to bowlers, so they're not going to be hugely tired. Um, I mean, Broader Anderson would probably be the, in theory, like for like replacements for Robinson. So I think they'll keep those two the same. Um, I think Potts showed he's been pretty good again. Um, got to hit around a little bit more than perhaps would have liked to, but I think he's he's like a Jurassic bunny, just going to keep going over and over again and just going to try and hit hit the top of off. And I think he's going to be a really good um, operator for England. But I think I they'll think stay with the same eleven. I think Potts, if he survives injury, could take 100 test wickets for England. I'm, I'm, I think he's that good. I don't think he'll ever get 300 personally. I think he's, he's not Jimmy or Brody. He's not that level. But that's not to do him down because those are exceptional levels. Uh, two test matches left of the summer, followed by, Toby, 16 T20s. <sighs> and that's not including if England um, get to the semi-final or final of the T20 World Cup. We're playing six against Pakistan. That 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 is a lot of T20. So we just need to enjoy these last two Test matches, don't we? Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see because T20 is it's played, I think, too much, and we talked about it on last week's podcast. But they don't really bulk play T20s. It's sort of three T20s thrown in after an ODI and Test series. It's 
um, sort of one-off three or five match series randomly against Australia or whatever it might be. So it'll be quite interesting seeing how England's lineup might adapt. And it, it is just a warm-up for the World Cup. Jason Roy being the, the big issue, I guess, with his lack of form, got a 20 against the Rockets last week. But other than that, it's been basically just been getting ducks, single figures, barely getting battle ball, other than when he edges it. Um, yeah. So I think he'll be the, that'll be the big question. But I think, yeah, these next couple of test series. And then, I mean, they've announced the schedule till 2027. Uh, and England are basically playing a lot more tests. Um, so who knows how they'll go with all of those. Yeah, um, tickets, I think, are able to register interesting for the Ashes series next summer. So please get on, do that. Let's fill out the world. Well, let's fill out the world. Let's fill out uh, England's test summer and show our support for that format of the game. It's an exciting time coming to the end of the series. Hopefully England can get a 2-1 victory and then hopefully go on to win a World Cup. That would be very exciting uh, if possible. Any other news, Toby? Have you been playing much cricket? Uh, No, literally nothing since... Since July, um, what about you? Any more games? I played yesterday. Well, time of recording yesterday. Uh, eight overs, one maiden, forty-three runs, three wickets. Slower balls galore. Um, it, yeah, it was just one of those. Very days. Nice. I got very badly sunburnt, Toby. I'm not sure if you can see. This would be great for the visual media. Of yeah. the but it was bright red when I came back in, sort of Garibaldi red. Um, and it just, yeah, it wasn't a good look for myself. So wear sun cream. <laughs> but yeah, it's exciting. It's a bit. I'm not sure how I feel. It's like that sort of golden end of a summer where everyone's in good form. Everyone knows where they are in the test world and cricket's still being played. So we just got to really enjoy this and hopefully we'll see 10 more days of test cricket. Hopefully. Are you going to the Oval Test Tobes? I'm not. I'm away on holiday. We had tickets, um, but but holidays taking priority. How did that go down with Tom? It went down. It went down. It went down. It went down. Shout out to the Surrey fan page on Instagram. I do love it. <laughs> I wish there were more um, cricket fan pages like that. So Tom is doing the hard work. So well done, Tom. But yeah, it's um, it's just it's an exciting time for England. It's also sort of coming to the end. It's quite hard to describe. There's lots of bright futures coming up, but also it feels like the culmination of something. Am I getting a bit too philosophical here, Toby? No, it sounds all right. It sounds like you're going into one of your sort of song um prequel speeches <laughs> of just sort of you're rambling on just to say something insightful that is actually just a song title yes yes and coming up next is building up buttercup by the foundations <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I think that's all we've got time for uh toby it's been a delight talking to you um and yeah keep it your own go well cheers <laughs>